Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, if you're an NFL fan, and who isn't, uh, this is some good news, some really good news about the state of the league. We will get into all of that here coming up in just a couple of moments from now. It's two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are, making us a part of your Thursday. We appreciate you doing so. We're taking you all the way up until 9 Eastern time, 6 a.m. Pacific, right? here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, a little bit of a, uh, do we like Thirsty Thursday or Throwdown Thursday? Like what's oh, your, uh, yeah, okay. what, what are we thinking here uh, for a well, Thursday? Who, who's throwing down? I mean, who, you know, who knows? People and, like to get after what type a little of, bit. Oh, okay, so yeah. that type of Throwdown. Yeah. What do you about say? I, I don't know. I was, I was just wondering. I was curious. Were you thinking fight or were you thinking drinking? No, drinking. Uh, I was thinking drinking. Yeah. 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 Were you? Oh, I, I, I hear Throwdown. I just looked at grab I think a fight. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Break it over someone's back. I'm know? with you on that. That's why I was saying I, I want I wanted to mean drinking, but man, it, it sounded like thumping. But like, it, no, can you <laughs> fisticuffs? There's that too. Uh, yeah. What's the earliest you guys can drink in a day before it feels oh, like man, uh, I got to drink I, right now? I, I, I was gonna say I, I don't want. Well, I mean, technically, if you were drinking right now, Lavar, you probably were continuing from last night yeah, that that could be very true you know i like citrusy type deals you know very very freshly squeezed right then and there type of mixed up i can't go before yeah. noon i can't go before noon it on st patty's day you can and you have. I, I can't don't I can't. lie why? you have on st no, patrick's day no, no why? i haven't i, I don't why? know i don't know i just well i, I don't think you i like, have so many like quirks bro i just you're a quirky dude i don't think i don't think i like anything other than water or coffee before noon. yeah exactly Jesus, roberto yeah i just saw you got you got that too exactly yeah <laughs> you got that too by the way we should have we should uh charge oh, yeah, a subscription. Get that. that's who he is yeah, that's, we should, that's what he is charge a subscription for uh you can hear the show, and then for an extra four ninety five a month, you can hear what Roberto tells us in our ear, just so people can get an idea. You can hear the, the unedited version, the what gets discussed during breaks on our uh, our, our text chat. Yeah, Th- that may be the model. Let's just break this thing off into a podcast of our own and just start, you know, going haywire. It's just, <laughs> it's just un- uh, unbelievable uh, what is being. Uh, Game start at ten o'clock in the morning. Are you not drinking ten o'clock in the morning, man? Come on, man. And- I mean, who says that? You know what I mean? I I cannot start until afternoon time. Listen, like what? Just, uh, it's just five uh, o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's that's just who I am, man. I don't know. Some people are just built different. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, you know, I, I listen. I don't have to tell you. Just some people. My are. schedule doesn't yeah. permit for me to sit down yeah. and partake yeah. in a beverage of that kind before yeah, it's noon. Just, uh, it's just like, the way it is, man. Like, you like, sound like a yuppie. Yeah, it's just, uh, look, 
Man, I mean, when you grow up on the mean streets of Thousand Oaks, California, you got to work, you got to earn it before you can have a drink. I, I didn't grow up in uh, Caviarville, Dublin, Ohio, where uh, you can just uh, have a drink any, uh, anytime you I want. I mean, my God, man. I just Caviarville. Saying, I'm just saying. Like, Caviar? You know, I don't think. It's sort of the Midwest. LeVar grew up in that prestigious Pittsburgh behind the gated communities. I didn't grow up like that. No, you know, they I, call I grew them up. stockades where yeah. I come from. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call them? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, when you're running from dogs uh, yeah. and running yeah. into the neighbor's house. Yeah, yeah be careful. Uh, uh, but you're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I figured out I could play. <laughs> so, um, And the, it was a pit bull, too. So it's, it's like <laughs> stereotypical as it gets. Yeah. You know um, I mean? So the uh, we do have some good news uh, if you're an NFL fan. Uh, the numbers would say that the NFL is in a pretty good place. Uh, we have seen an increase, uh, and uh, this according to some reports that came out, the average audience of 17.1 million. Uh, it's the highest regular season ratings in the NFL since 2015. Uh, they've seen an increase, obviously, uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, the numbers because of COVID and all that stuff. But nonetheless, uh, during the 2021 regular season, this according to uh, Pro Football Talk, uh, NFL games ranked as 48 of the top 50 shows on TV. Uh, damn impressive. There are also some other numbers out. I know uh, Brady Big Noon kickoff uh, saw an increase. Yeah. What up? Yeah. Fox, Fox television-wise, dominated. Absolutely dominated. I mean, radios, I mean, that's, you know, a given that, that it's going to dominate. But Fox TV uh, dominated. Uh, so yeah. just a good year well, through and, and through for football. And I was going to say, I know the herd was up on FS1. I think I tweeted about <laughs> our did. show. Yeah, our, I mean, our show compared to last year at this time, up like a thousand percent. It is. So, I mean, wow. Yeah, that is wow. uh, that is true. Congrats, uh, man. Know, that's it's a dope a show, bit. man. Yeah. No, no, dude. Super I'm talking about show. like our show, Lavar. Our yeah. show right now. Yeah. Oh, we're oh. up like a thousand percent from yep. you know where oh. our show was last year. Yeah. At this time. Oh, wow. Like like where yeah. the uh, where two pros oh. and a cup of Joe was a year ago. Um, yeah. We're definitely up. I mean, I would we're even say up. maybe over a thousand. It might be over a thousand. Yeah. I mean, like we've been told we're the. You mean our show that we're doing right? now? Yeah, we're doing right now. With the three of us, way up. Who? Yeah. With the three oh, of us. Wow. Way up. Yeah. Uh, started from the bottom. Now we're, yeah. we're all the way up. Uh, Nothing yeah. can stop us. We're all the way up. Take what, that for data. Hey, what, what, do we have some theories? Do we have some theories as to why uh, why the NFL uh, TV numbers are up? Because yeah. I think I have an answer for the TV. I don't have an answer for the attendance. That's where, uh, that's where it kind of I go and I go sideways a little bit. No, you know what's funny about it? And tell me if this theory is wrong. And maybe I need some background music for it. Maybe I needed some conspiracy oh. theory music. Oh. I, I think that, like, Give big picture, mm. big picture looking, Whoa, at, looking at our country. Oof. Are Whoa. we, like, it feels like we're as divided as we've kind of been in some ways. And so I think you've got a group that is, with COVID and everything going on, they're locked down, they're isolating, they're quarantining, so they're watching, consuming more. And then you've got this other end of the spectrum that's like, I don't want to be locked down. I feel like I've been locked down for a period of time. I need to get out there. I need to go to games. I need to experience life. I need to go to, you know, NFL games, support my players and all that. And they, and they want to go out to those events. And I don't know that there's, like, many people that are in the middle. Like, at least around our neighborhood, our, our friends and neighbors and families, it's like for those that are concerned about what's been going on the past couple of years, they don't really do much of anything. Like, it has legitimately changed their lifestyle to a way where they're watching more Netflix, 
They're watching more sports at home, staying at home more. And then the other side of it, it's like everyone's like, this is great. We go travel. We go experience stuff. Like it's made us come out of being quarantined or isolated for a period of time and go, I want to experience more. Like I think it's, it's an example of where we're at as a society. We're like we're kind of more divided. It's not like people are like, oh, I'm going to go this week, not, ne- not next week. The people I know who are like Dolphins season ticket holders, they're like, no, bro, they're back. Let's go. Like they're, they're on a win streak. I mean, it's just it's so polarizing right now, I think, with the way people feel about things that you're seeing kind of everyone like migrate towards one side or the other. It's really not much in the middle. Yeah, I, I think that it's more pronounced. It's almost like people are more comfortable being who they are and what it is. Like, if I do fall on that side of it, I'm comfortable with letting, like, flying my colors and letting everybody know. If I'm on the other side of it, it's the same exact way. So I, I think you're 100% right. I think that that does. And in some ways, you got to assume that that drives the economy. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with your uh conspiracy theory it's also like the at-home product is so good now there's no i mean i know a lot of people that like it's their social life literally like watching football getting together and hanging out at somebody's house or going to a sports bar or or whatever it is like it's literally their social life that's that's their favorite thing they do all week is is get like i had a guy who was doing uh some work at our house and he, he listened to fox sports radio and he was telling me he's like yeah he's all every sunday that's my day he's all i tell my wife i'm like I, I listen this is my day he's all i gamble a little bit on the games i'm watching all the games we're eating food we're having some drinks he's all that's literally my my social life that's my my way of having fun i think a lot of people out there just realize look if things are going to be shut down or i can't live the way i want to live when i go out i'd rather just stay home maybe work on on building a game room or, or building on you know some tv room or entertainment room uh, some mini bar there and just have fun watching games because if the entertainment aspect especially on a Sunday when you've got 16 games going on. I mean, it's fantastic, man. So I, I think the NFL, for all the doom and gloom people wanted to paint around the NFL a few years ago, remember, all oh, the NFL's dying. Yeah. Look at the numbers. Well, I mean, get out of here with that. The other thing is I think we're, we're – it's behind us at least is a lot of the protests. And, and I don't know how much that ultimately impacted numbers quite as much as it made rounds on social media. And people saying, oh, I'm never going to watch again. You know, these pro, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, okay, dude. Like, (laughs) good luck. Good luck talking to your friends and good luck not tuning in to see the result of the game or not playing fantasy or not gambling. Good luck with that. And and so I, I think that was one thing, too, you at least heard a few years ago that you'd hear from people if ratings were down or why people were upset. That's like in the back of our minds now. You know, now people are just like, oh, I pray to God no one's dealing with, like, missing a game due to COVID. And, and they're looking to going to the game or they're looking, at watch, looking forward to watching the game more than ever. So I, I just – I feel like it's honestly been a cause of what we've been through the past couple of years and people being excited to watch, people being excited to go out there in person or, or you know, get together as a group on TV. And I was just going to say, no, I was just going to say, if you think about it, what's really the downtime in the NFL now? If you look at the the, uh, 12 month calendar, summer, like June, July, I mean, is it really that down though? Because I feel like we've still got storylines that are out there that we're talking about, whether it's contracts, whether it's here's, here's why I think masseuses. That's a good point. Well, yeah. Well, Shout out to uh, Orchids of Asia uh, in yeah. Brady's neck. Of oh, you thought that that yeah. that mas- nah, mas- yeah. massage? Oh. Yeah. Um, no, but th- but <laughs> think about it. When do most people go on vacation? 
in June, July, yeah, especially over yep. the Fourth of July. So, yeah. even even considering like those are the times where people are away, people aren't going to be watching or consuming as much. It doesn't matter. It's a downtime for really that NFL calendar. So it actually works perfectly. And then as people go back to school, as people come back from their summer vacations, training camp starts up. And that's where the buildup into the preseason, into the season. It's like the entire thing in football is built around a calendar that is able to kind of worship the sport in a way because of how it sets up with when the season's active. And then even when the offseason is active, like free agency, combine, you know, all of that stuff that you're going to see once the draft comes. And and literally the draft hits – and then you get kids who are pretty much going out of school. And so even during, like, the lesser time of practice and OTAs and all, all that stuff, it's like it just doesn't hurt the sport. And you know what, the, uh, what they did last year? I thought this was brilliant, where they said uh, the NFL schedule release comes out, and it usually comes out around draft time in April, and they made the announcement that moving forward it's going to be dropped in May. So the NFL literally said – all right, well, why are we combining these two in one month? Let's just move that to May. And now everybody starts to look through the schedule. Which games do I want to attend? Uh, well, who's my team playing? The, the way that they've built this league, you can be critical of Roger Goodell all you want about some of the stuff he's handled. The way that he has branded and marketed the league, I think is brilliant. And, and I think it's a big reason why they're at where they're at. That and gambling, you know, which is always fun. Well, his paycheck would reflect your sentiments. <laughs> That's true. I mean, That's it's not like point. he's not, not benefiting from <laughs> the, the strong decision-making that he's, made, he's doing. Yeah, uh, definitely a vested interest. Uh, yeah. All right, it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your your first year discover exceptionally common sense learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply up next who will be the first head coach hired in the nfl we will get that answer for you from our nfl insider right here on fsr be sure to catch live editions of two pros in a cup of joe with brady quinn lavar errington and jonas knox weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. We're going to be catching up with uh, Albert Breer uh, coming up here momentarily on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, By the way, there's some uh, unclaimed uh, gifts in the back from uh, the great Arnie Spanier, uh, if anybody uh, wants to go ahead and pick those up. I mean, they have names on it, but who cares? Just start swiping them. You'll get some some Vermont syrup or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on for a second. Yeah. This is a legitimate topic though yeah like how long before a christmas gift kind of turns into like hey man losers keepers right I agreed i a mean communal deal finders yeah. keepers losers yeah keepers. finders keepers. Like, i don't know what to yeah. tell people and arnie's been complaining because he in vermont i don't know if anybody's seen the weather out there but uh they, they had like minus 20 uh wind chill a couple days ago and yeah. so uh you know you send him pictures of what the weather is like out here he gets angry but uh not what does that ang- sound like uh uh, I Laker fans like that's uh, that's oh, the that Arnie sounds Spanier. like Harry Carey. I know uh, Ar- Arnie. No. Arnie. Let's has... hear Harry Carey in comparison. Hi, <laughs> Laker <Lakers laughs> fans. 
I showed Lavar. Sounds so different. I showed Lavar the, uh, the his first ever uh, Harry Carey experience. Oh, so great. Saying a name backwards. So he butchered and, it bad. And, and you know, uh, you get Lavar because he starts crying. Literally, tears start running down his face. So that is that. the best voice ever, bro. So uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, the great Arnie Spanier, who's dealing with a f- minus thirty wind chill in Vermont this weekend. Jeez. Uh, all right, coming up later this hour, about twenty minutes or so from now, we are going to pick some underdogs this weekend. Uh, we want them dogs. We're going to pick them. We'll have that for you here on FSR right now. <laughs> we go live uh, to yeah. uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Always kind enough to join us here on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, what's happening? How's your Thursday? How you guys doing? Um, that's a bad start, huh? That's a terrible uh, no, you're start. All right. You're all right. I'll tell you what, though. Like that, like, when you guys are talking about Vermont, we're not as bad here. Um, we're a few hours south of there, but... Where's here, like, Albert? In, outside of Boston. So, like... Can you give us your home address? Bo- yeah. <laughs> no, I can't have my home address. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, like, it's like... Like the, earlier this week, you have that in Lavar Brady. You guys used to be able to relate with this, but <laughs> that first morning where you get in the car and you scrape the ice off the windshield and you look on the dashboard and it's a single digit on there, Ooh. and it's January and you have like two months to go. It's just, yeah, it's not minus twenty <laughs> here, but it's not far off. I Ooh. miss it though, man. I no. miss it. I do. No. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love I, you know what? I, I agree with you, Brady. I miss it forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's over. I will continue to miss it. Uh, it's over. Uh, yeah. Albert, uh, got to ask you, obviously, uh, some uh, big news this week from uh, NFL coaches being fired, interviews, GMs, all of that stuff. Um, who's the first hiring? If you had to guess right now in the NFL, first team to make a hire and who do you think it is as a head coach? I think the Broncos have been, like, maybe the most aggressive, and they have the least to do, I would say, um, because they were, I think, ahead of other teams as far as doing their research, and they don't have to hire both a GM and a coach. They've got a guy in George Payton who's, you know, firmly in charge. And so, you know, they're going to travel this weekend, which is another thing. Another, a bunch of these teams are doing their first round virtually. I think it makes a difference that the Broncos are doing a lot of these interviews face-to-face. And um, so, like, my guess would be the Broncos are probably ahead of the other teams right now. And if I had to guess who they wind up hiring, I'd say it's going to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, getting his second shot. And I think, you know, it's, it's the job Quinn's done in Dallas. It's the job of player development. Like, how much he's gotten out of young guys like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs this year. Um, you know, and then I think it's also looking at his resume in Atlanta and seeing he brought a team to a Super Bowl – and, I mean, recognizing that, you know, maybe things going the wrong way at the end wasn't all his fault. So I think, you know, if there's one that happens sooner rather than later, it could be Dan Quinn going to the Broncos. And remember, guys, that can't become official until the Cowboys are eliminated from the playoffs. But if there's one job that I'd say is trending in one direction, that might be it. Love DQ. Love what he's done for Dallas. I mean, that would be a huge loss for them. For Mike McCarthy having to start over again on defense, um, especially with the job he's done with, with the, some of those young players you mentioned. But, yeah, Bradley Chubb admitted, right, he, he's coming off his worst professional season. Dan Quinn will be able to get him going, especially that defense. I, I do wonder this. 
Why so much intrigue then to everyone on the Packers offensive staff? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's getting an interview. Luke Getze, who's the quarterback yep. coach, I don't believe he's ever been a head coach. And I, I was telling the guys this, I don't think he's called plays since 2010 or 2011 at IUP, you know, back in the college ranks like a decade ago. So what's with the intrigue about those two guys? You know, I, I think as much as anything else, Brady, it's like what that – staff went through this year and um, I think it's like the people skills that Matt LaFleur has displayed and I it's 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 actually really interesting if you if you dig into it because one of the big things with LaFleur the question when he you know was going from Tennessee to Green Bay was can he be the guy in front of the room and you know I, I don't think he's got like the overpowering presence that somebody like a Sean McVay might have but you know like on a one-on-one basis and interpersonally he's really good and, you know, like their ability to navigate the Aaron Rodgers situation and come out the other side of it, I think, got the respect of a lot of people across the NFL. And so then you look at Nathaniel Hackett. He has been a play caller before. Um, he's had his ups and downs, but he's been in the NFL a while now. He's got NFL bloodlines. You know, his dad was obviously a coordinator in the league for a long time. Um, and, you know, like, again, he was part of managing that situation with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I think Luke gets some credit for that, too. Um, you know, it's just, I think, and, and part of it, too, you know, Brady, the other, the, the other part of it is I just think teams have been forced to be more creative this year because there aren't as many obvious candidates. Like last year, we all knew going in, like Arthur Smith, um, Robert Sala, you know, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dayball, we all knew who the candidates were last year going in. I think it's less obvious this year, which has forced teams to be a little bit more creative. And I think actually, like, you know, the success of Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, because he wasn't an obvious candidate last year, has been another motivator to, to get teams to sort of maybe look where they wouldn't otherwise look for head coaching candidates. So that's all there is into it. Because really, if you're saying that Dan Quinn has the inside track to the Broncos head coaching job, it eliminates Hackett from even being hired as an OC because the Packers could block him and make it a lateral move. And so to me, I just you don't feel like there's any reason to go visit and talk to those guys if they can't entice a guy like Aaron Rodgers maybe or they can entice Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so you're saying like – and it's like what the Broncos did a few years ago. Correct. They interviewed Munchak for the head coaching job and then hired him as the offensive line coach, right? Correct. I would not rule that out. <laughs> um, now, Hackett, they couldn't get Hackett out because he's got the coordinator title. Right, that's um, what I'm saying. Getsy, they could. Bay, but they could get Getsy. So, and, and look, like, you know, part of this, Nathaniel Hackett's been connected to the Broncos forever. Like I'm, I, like I, like for I, I'm saying, like two months. Like people have been saying inside the league, like watch Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, and one of the reasons why is obvious because Denver might try to trade for Aaron Rodgers, you know. And so if you're trying to set up an infrastructure for Aaron Rodgers, but you really like Dan Quinn as a head coach, then yeah, I can see where that would make make some sense. Where maybe you bring in Dan Quinn and then have Luke Getzey as his offensive coordinator. I I want to throw the Chicago Bears situation. I know you posted about uh, the Bears showing that they interviewed uh, Glenn Cook and Doug Peterson. Do you think that that would be a a good addition for the Bears? The Bears seemingly are personnel-wise, you know, they're pretty good. Uh, Does this this stabilize 
what the Chicago Bears have going on, and, and do they feel as though this could be a quick turnaround to success adding someone um, who has uh, obviously the, the background that Peterson has? And, and how, what's the angle on Cook? Well, I, you know, I think, I think it's going to be interesting with the Bears because I think their GM job is going to be a little bit bigger than it has been in the past. You know, and so I think um, when they make that hire, it's going to be this sort of, whereas, like, I think before and in the past, it's sort of been the head scout. They want that job to be more like the head of football operations now. And one thing I know Glenn Cook has is, like, very, he's got a, he's got a very diverse experience as far as having been a player um, at a high level at the University of Miami. Um, and he's worked in different facets of the operation in Cleveland, um, worked for Bill Polian. Um, like, so, like, you look at his background and you can see where, all right, if you're looking for a guy who can kind of be a, like, a head of football operations more than just a head scout, Glenn Cook might fit that. Um, and he saw Andrew Barry do the job, you know, in Cleveland. And Andrew Barry's one of these guys who does check a lot of those boxes, too. And then, you know, I think, I think Doug's got, you know, uh, Doug, Doug, Doug could wind up coming out of this with multiple opportunities. You know, I think the obvious thing you look at with Doug Peterson is can you develop Justin Fields? And, you know, you see what, Car- what he was able to do with Carson Wentz during Carson's first two years in the league, and, yeah, it fell apart at the end. Um, but, you know, he was able to get MVP-level play out of Carson Wentz, and Carson really hasn't gotten back to that level since. Um, and so I think you certainly look at that and say, I want him to come in and develop my young quarterback. The problem the Bears might have as far as, as, as pursuing him is I think he's got a really good shot in Jacksonville, too. Huh. And, you know, Jacksonville would be, would be bringing in Doug for a lot of the same reasons um, because they need somebody to come in and get the most out of Trevor Lawrence. And by the way, guys, like I do think, you know, that at least the perception across the NFL right now is that Trevor Lawrence came into the league a little more raw than people thought he was coming out of Clemson. Like, there was a little more work to be done with Trevor Lawrence than people realized when he was coming into the league. And so, you know, finding somebody to develop him is obviously a big part of the equation for the the Jaguars. Uh, Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter with the MMQB. Get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. How likely is a Jim Harbaugh um, hiring in the NFL at this point? I don't think anybody knows what the hell Jim's going to do, to be honest with you. <laughs> Does Jim know um, what Jim's going to do? I mean, in all seriousness? Yeah, probably not. Um, I, uh, yeah, so I think you have to rewind a year to, to kind of, like, understand this story. Um, and, and, you know, really I think what this goes back to is the pay cut. Um, my understanding is Jim Harbaugh was not happy about taking that pay cut. And he can say whatever he wants, and he has said lots of things about it over the course of the last year. I've heard, and, and you guys know this, that dude can hold a grudge. I've heard he held a grudge over it. And so, like, you know, I think coming out of this year, I think he wanted the people who, who made him feel it last year, he wanted them to feel it now. And so, like, if he can make the people who made him take a pay cut squirm and feel uncomfortable and wait this thing out, then he's going to do it. And so I think that that's part of the equation for him, believe it or not. I mean, does it result in him doing a long-term extension at Michigan? It absolutely could result in that. Um, But I do think that he does have some unfinished business in the NFL, too. 
He sniffed around NFL jobs during that you know, whole negotiation last year. There wasn't much interest from teams like the Jets and the Chargers. And, you know, he's 58 years old. So I, I think that there is that, that, that part of him that feels like he has some unfinished business in the league. And, you know, you're 58 years old. You just came off a great year. And he didn't have much interest last year. I mean, I'm sure part of him sitting there thinking to himself, like, how many more opportunities am I going to have to do this? And so, you know, if the Raiders or Bears were to make an offer to him, I think he'd seriously consider it. Uh, let's move on to maybe let's just talk about the Raiders situation for a second because there's, there's a thought yeah. or idea that the job that Rich Passaccia has done with the Raiders, given all things um, that, that have happened around that organization this season, maybe warrants him getting the permanent head coaching job. Uh, are you in that camp? Do, do, you, do you foresee them potentially giving him that title after the job that he's done getting in the playoffs? I mean, Brady, they love him there. They love him. I mean, and I'm saying, like, the owner um, really wanted to give him a shot because he personally liked him a lot. Mike Mayock loves him. Mike Mayock's got a longstanding relationship with him beyond the time they spent together with the Raiders. I mean, Mayock loves him, um, and the locker room loves him. And I I can remember having a conversation with Hunter Renfro about this maybe two weeks ago. And, you know, he said, like, one of the things that's really kind of driving us is we won't, like, we want, we, want, we want to give Rich an opportunity to be our guy long-term. Um, and so he's got a lot of support in the building. You look at the job he's done, too. I mean, coming off the Gruden thing, going through the Henry Ruggs thing, um, you know, like they, they, they had a one-in-five stretch in the middle of the season. Um, you know, that team has stayed engaged, and I think Rich Passaccia deserves a ton of credit for that. I think what it's going to come down to, like they've turned over their business side in the summer, and I, I just think, like, you know, really coming out of the Gruden thing, there was a feel there, like, do we need to go get, like, somebody who can be, like, kind of the guy on the billboard in Vegas, the guy who can kind of, like, almost announce our arrival as a force in Vegas. And so, you know, there have been some talk at, earlier in the season, like, could they make a trade for someone like a Mike Tomlin? I think that's where this Harbaugh stuff's coming from, too. And so – like, I think that's going to be the question is, like, Rich Passaccia might wind up making the most football sense, but is there a business element to this where they feel like they need to make a big splash? It'll be interesting, and I think how they play on Saturday against the Bengals could play into all of it, too. Uh, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Always good stuff, Albert. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, stay warm this weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, Big Al. Yeah. I'll try to come off to a. I'll try to get off to a better start next time. Sorry about that. Ah, you're fine. No, it's good. good. You're yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're we're, the best. we're good. All right, guys. There he All is, right, uh, the great Albert Breer, uh, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's two pros and a cup of Joe here on FSR. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> uh, coming up next, uh, we want them dogs. We want them dogs. Yeah. We're going to kick some dogs. Uh, it's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or 
wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, oh. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up uh, top of next hour, we are going to find out what uh, one former coach has been up to uh, in the NFL. Some interesting uh, interesting stuff there. So we'll have that yeah. for you here yeah. uh, coming up uh, top of next people, hour here on people FSR. People handle, like, I, don't, I guess you'd say failure um, or they handle, like, Negative situations yeah. in in some weird ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and there are some. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are some yeah. reports out that uh, there's some other stuff going on. There's yeah. So you know, we can, you know, there uh, are some yeah. reports out there that there's some other stuff going. It's a good on point. Out there. Oh, that's a good See? point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Both, yeah. We're both yeah. reading Thanks. off the uh, Thanks, same guys. teleprompter here. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's how this works. <laughs> you guys cross streams there. What uh, happened? What's going we on? Played swords. All right. So here's the. So I want to ask you a quick. Though Brady, uh, before we get into uh, picking some dogs in the NFL, dogs. Um, all right. So what the, I keep seeing different things come out when it comes to college football expansion. We talked about Bob Bullsby storming out of a meeting uh, apparently this week, frustrated with the situation. Bruce Feldman yeah. reported it wasn't happening. Pete Thamel's been reporting that it's going to be Thamel a little while. Yeah. Uh, what's where are we at with all this? What's happening here? Well, what you've got is you've got basically a group of conference commissioners as well as uh, university presidents who can't seem to come to an agreement as to the structure. And, and I don't even know so much if it's like eight or 12. It's more about the idea of do all power fives get an automatic bid? And then do you do the at-large bids from, you know, after five onwards? So you'd have seven, let's say it was a expansion to 12 teams. Are you doing the power five conference champs and then seven at-large bids? And the problem with that is, there's a concern that the SEC, which, as we saw this year in the playoff, uh, which, which was dominated by their top two teams uh, and obviously crowned a champion, and Alabama's dominated during this era, would end up having the most teams or the lion's share of those teams playing for a playoff. Now, the, the hard thing is, is then, okay, let's, let's make it about a ranking system. All right, if it's about a ranking system – you know, maybe you have less SEC teams in there, um, you know, it, it, depending on how you went about ranking them. But the reality is it's still been viewed as the best conference in college football year in and year out. Uh, maybe this year you could have made an exception with the amount of teams the Big Ten had. Um, but outside of that, it's basically been those two conferences. So there's a concern about that as far as if you expand – how many teams are you going to expand to? And is one conference going to essentially dominate it? And we talked to Petros about this yesterday. You know, viewership, you know, it was better than last year. But the reality is it, it's not as good as it has been in the past. It was its lowest number, I think, since, you know, 2015, notwithstanding a, a COVID year. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a thought that there's a problem with the college football playoff format and that if you expand, it's going to solve it. But I think there's a lot of people who look at the semifinal games and just say, we're going to get more of that. And all we're going to get is more SEC teams involved, which and i got to be honest with you, that's not the SEC's fault. It's just the reality of, of yeah. where, you know, football is prioritized and what goes on. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of things, a lot of moving parts that right now are standing in the way of a playoff. Uh, the Rose Bowl, for example, you know, they're kind of being difficult as how they would fit into all this. We've talked about this before. You know, you could create a format where, you know, for example, if you went to eight teams, 
Um, I, I don't necessarily know that you need to you know, do anything other than incorporate all New Year's Six games into those quarterfinal games as well into the semifinal game, right? And, and there you have it. You know, you're utilizing all the New Year's Six games as part of this playoff format, and then you're brokered off the national championship like we saw this year being played in Indy. So that's kind of an easy format to make it work. If you go to 12, a little more hoops to jump through. But I think there's, a, there's bowls that are trying to get involved and figure out how they play a part. There's presence of schools trying to ensure that, you know, the, the players aren't being stretched out too far with their academic calendar, what they're being asked to do. And then you've got conference commissioners who are trying to ensure they get a seat at the table and they're not going to be pushed out by one particular conference with how they go about figuring out which team's deserving. So there's just a lot of moving parts and a lot of people who haven't really been motivated. To, in all honesty, like, like the fans want it. You know, it might be better for the sport if they expand, but the problem is, is there's not enough you know, people within the, the Power Five conference commissioners, the presidents, who are as motivated to expand knowing what that's going to look like. Well, now looking, at, now looking at the opt-out situation and the environment and climate of how Which would help if they that's expanded. becoming. Yeah, well, but then you got to ask yourself the question of, creating more Im- impactful, meaningful games for the schools and for the players, how will that resonate with the players? Will they look at it as, oh, I got to be a part of this playoff, or are they looking at it as, you know what, maybe I don't need to be in the playoffs? And then now that has to be taken I, into consideration think, possibly as well. I think expansion makes it a tougher decision for them to say no, and I think that's not necessarily at the forefront of a lot of the commissioners or presidents' minds. But the reality is, if you've got a player who's playing in the playoff and a chance to play for a national championship, they'd have a hard time opting out. Like Kenny Pickett plays, and Kenneth Walker plays this past bowl season if they're going to have a chance to win a national championship. I don't think you can opt out of those games, even if they're quarterfinal games. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going to uh, – we want them dogs. Uh, we want them dogs. I <laughs> oh, mean, this is just brutal. This is just awful, awful oh, production. Uh, High-level stuff here at yeah. FSR. Uh, all right, Woo! Brady Quinn, uh, pick your dog. You're the author of this, uh, this hey, segment. We we we're not dogs. saying to win. We we're dogs. saying to cover right i mean look you call it this is your idea you call uh, it cover i got one win for you. Right. all right yeah is la up yet how about this i got the cardinals covering the four point yeah. spread versus the rams baby i get it you signed back an all-time great eric weddle but you've had problems with the cardinals you're gonna have problems with kyler murray and his mobility and by the way the cardinals have been really good on the road this season. I think they're, what, 8-1 and one or something like that? So you almost wish this game was being played in, out in Glendale in Arizona, not in L.A. I'm going to take my dogs in the Arizona Cardinals. All right. LeVar, who's your dog? We want them dogs. Uh, you know, my, my dog, I've been calling uh, Philadelphia um, all week. And I, I not only think that they have a, a good opportunity to win, I think they have – the best opportunity to pull off the upset. I, they they lead the league in rushing yards. Um, they lead the league in rushing yards per game. I think there are a lot of key injuries to Tampa Bay right now. I just think that they're uh, they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable for uh, a team that can control the ball. They, they're really strong up front in Philadelphia. Um, look for that to be a surpriser. It could be a surprising game. I look at them as a dog.
I uh, like that. Now I was uh, I was going to take Arizona, but I don't want to uh, copy off Brady's paper, even okay. though he copied well, off mine originally. Well, no, I, mean, I was uh, first. Yeah. So what I'll what I'll do is I'm going to go with the boogeyman. There is a oh, boogeyman yeah. in this postseason. Oh yeah, and that boogeyman is going back to Buffalo, and his name is Bill Belichick. And Ooh. I think they I think they've got nightmares about what they went through in that snow globe game with uh, with all the other crap that was happening uh, earlier on a Monday night game, which they melted down and fell apart and were frustrated afterwards. I like the boogeyman, uh, especially plus four, four and a half at Buffalo. Think about that. Yeah. We need more dogs. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 